This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. This is the Ruskin and Sack Podcast, brought to you by United Roofing and Waterproofing. You want to try again? Hi. No, I'm good. Okay. ESP at Arkansas. Hit that line. Dot com. 866-285-4005. It's how you can um, reach us here on this program here. How y'all doing? Everybody doing all right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Great. Right. Awesome. Awesome. It's another, it's another glorious day around here on... Uh, Razorback Lynn. Have I missed any? Is anything happening? Yeah, we got There's three. a game Saturday. There's a women's game tonight, but right. No, we've there, there's some stuff going on. It's okay. not, you know, ground shaking type stuff, but it there's some stuff going on. Ground shaking. Right. right. We had enough of that. Yeah. A week ago. Yes, we, we did. We don't want any more of that. So the, yes, sir. We, we got we got a few things. We got um Bobby hiring one of his minions or trying to hire one of his minions. Um so that's good. Right? <laughs> I mean, the first thing you do in a coup is get the generals, <laughs> right? I mean, you get the generals, and then, uh, I mean, and then... The, the, the best description of a coup in the history of anything is when Bill Maher said, it's like a vending machine. You have to rock it a couple of times before right, you get it Right, to- and you do it slowly and in pieces. <laughs> right. Oh, so, all right, yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have your, uh, you right. gotta have uh, everybody on your side when, uh, when it goes down right. here. We got, um, uh, we got a little bit of news today from um, uh, Oxford, Mississippi. Quinshawn Judkins oh, yeah. jumped into the, the transfer portal. A lot of yeah. speculation as to why. Um, yeah. There, there was some darts thrown at uh, Jackson Dart because apparently they don't get along. That was, you know, somebody in the Mississippi media saying that. Um, there's a lot of people saying what's well, about money. Which is odd because Mississippi has been handing out money like candy on Halloween. Yeah. So the good candy, the, good the, stuff, the, the yeah. full size. We're not getting Clark bars here. We're getting like yeah. the three musketeers, and not the that, type not stuff. that orange and black wrapped taffy. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, not that. Yeah, we got some. Well, and it's that time of year we're getting comings and goings in college football. Some guys declared for the draft. Which I, I don't know. Is it you? But it, like when somebody, Will Shipley, the running back at uh, Clemson, declared for the draft. When somebody says they're declaring for the draft, I'm almost shocked now. Like oh oh okay, go chase your dream. What? Because you're gonna get take well, take a pay cut to go to the NFL. Every announcement that we see now is you know I'm transferring. I'm doing this. Hell, we had a guy put a um, a guy in state uh, announced that he was transferring from Joe T to Parkview. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay, we're gonna do that. Um, but I was I was genuinely shocked when I saw that Will Shipley just you know run of the mill ho hum. Hey, I'm going to the NFL. Yeah, yeah there's there's really not a lot of big stuff going on, so little things are getting uh, probably far more attention than they um, normally you would. Want, uh, you want some betting information? Uh, I'll take that, uh, yeah. Dylan Johnson, the running back who hurt his foot in the uh, semifinal against Texas for Washington? Yeah. Good to go, according to Kalen DeBoer. So That's just, a good little nugget there, there folks. Just something to... Something to, to, to or... Is DeBoer saying he's good to go and he's and not actually good to go? Because there are no injury reports re- required. It could be here. a lot of different things, but Kalen DeBoer uh, in his press conference said number seven's good to go. Yeah. So there you go. Hey, look, as long as number nine's out there for Washington, we're cool. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Let's uh, uh, formally uh, bring in uh, DQ Hi, here. DQ. Uh, good afternoon, DQ. Hello. What are we wearing today, DQ? I'm wearing my Boston. Aquarium sweater. Mm-hmm. Pants? 
I am wearing pants. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, what what kind of pants are we wearing today? You know, I bet no one else has to do this. Nobody does. Yeah. This is why you're the best in the business. What um, what is the value? What is your uh, clothing valuation today? Couple hundred. Okay. Mm. All right. Got your what? What, what uh, shoes are we sporting today? Very rainbowy. I like those. My Hoka's, there but my go. new ones. Your new Hoka's. They're blue. How many pairs of Hoka's do you own? Two. Okay, you're going to the theater. I'm with tonight. DQ. I don't no. think this Inquisition is fair. <laughs> I don't think it is I, either. I'm... Zach changed. No, I didn't. I swear you did. I did did you get food on? I your always shirt? notice no. when okay. you wear that jacket. I do it every day. No, I, I always notice when you wear that jacket because I don't like it very much. Did this I get one? Food yeah. On my shirt? Okay. First of all, it's a hoodie. Um, and why don't you like it? I don't know. I know it's from Ireland, and you like it. I don't know. It's not just an Ireland sweatshirt. Well, it's also a Notre Dame one. That's correct. Well, that's why. Something about it. It's got the little... uh, You wouldn't wear this in your um, wearing of uh, college sweaters all the time? I don't don't like that. I wish the Notre Dame symbol was displayed some other method. Well, it was a gift. First of all, it was a gift. I know it was a gift, and it was nice. Yes. So Manhead got me this when he was over in Ireland drunk, um, and, (laughs) and then got COVID and played golf. Um, but who hasn't? Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I haven't done laundry in a couple days, so I'm, yeah. down, I'm down to hoodies. I'm pretty sure you changed. I did not. I, I honestly, I did not. I've had this on since five o'clock this morning. Oh, mm, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I had to get the kid to practice. Oh, um, practice was... on a game day. That's rough. Yeah. You know what? I don't understand. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You're going to have I, dead legs tonight for right, the third and right, fourth quarter. Right. Well, they, they had a little bit of an attitude, I guess, uh, on their, uh, their new year's day practice. Mm. So she made them run and, um, and they've had pretty much an attitude the rest of the week. Oh. Abner likes the bit where we judge uh, the, uh, ve- the uh, retail value okay. of all of right. DQ's uh, articles of clothing. So, right. Now, here's that somebody case. that says, it's not, it's not the hoodie. You just don't like me. It's not that it, I don't like you. <laughs> not, uh-huh. not the only person who, uh, who feels that uh, that may be true. Well, who else there. feels that way? Well, they're out there saying oh, Out there on the streets. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice cream-colored hoodie. <laughs> That's white. No, this is cream. It's okay. cream-colored. This is like Indiana. Hey, you know, I already messed up the like three of the white t-shirts I got for uh, Christmas. I did. <laughs> Why? Well, they are How? they are now a sl- a light shade of blue. Why? Do you wash them with jeans? Yeah. <laughs> Oops. I haven't had white t-shirts in a while. Also, I forgot the rules. Uh, also, last night I met his future mother-in-law. Yes, he did. Yeah, That's I heard. Right. She's yeah. delightful. Yeah. Yes, she is. We both questioned how you got in. It's a it's a miracle. I have no idea. Outside of the color shirt she was wearing, delightful conversation. Well, I mean, you have to remember that um, me and my fiance are basically the same person. Like we are, there's some sort of um, the, multiverse, the, dimensional portal at play. We are the same person. Your mother-in-law calls you two peas in a pod, and I went, "Oh yeah, that, yeah, the, that's yeah, right. Yes, yes. oh, abs- that's exactly oh, right, absolutely. No, oh yeah." That's Absolutely. Right. So she was delightful. Very, very nice. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Did she, uh, you know, keep the time okay and everything down there? Or what was? Yeah, we had no incidents last night. She runs that. She works on the scores table. Yeah, she runs. The, uh, I, I did a game of Fayetteville yesterday, and despite having Tommy Kraft as the referee, everything went off smooth. <laughs> um, clock was good. We didn't have any shot clock issues. Boy, what a star-studded night it was! You had her, mm-hmm. you, and Tommy all in the same building. Yeah, what that is kind of crazy. It was a wow. wild night. Small world. Also, you know who else was there? It was Steve Conley, the uh, single-season sack leader at Arkansas. Wow, he was look there. at that big, big uh, crew. T- got to talk to Steve for a while. 
Um, got night. him hooked up with Brett Good. They didn't know each other. Which I was found, Laura Huckabee running the concession did stand again. Did not see again. Laura. Um, I'm trying to think. I saw somebody else. Um, it'll come to me in a minute. It was a star-studded affair last night. Yeah, it was a literal who's who. Right. But yeah, I, ha- I had somebody come up to me, and they were simply asking me a question. But they go, are you Zach? And I'm like, oh, God. And, and immediately, I'm in defensive mode. Yeah, I'm who sorry. wants to know? I'm sorry. Whatever we said, it was not my fault. I did get asked if I was getting engaged. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. You know, I just I can't I can't go anywhere, man. I can't do it. No, got to talk to your your fame precedes you. I've got to talk to Vic Rumor for a while. You're just way too popular. No, it's her. Maybe well, it's her. She's way too popular. Yeah, that <laughs> see, that's part of the problem. Maybe you should just leave it all behind and uh, go. Really? Uh, you know, do um, I don't know. Get off this uh, <laughs> this mecca of broadcasting and go to uh, something else. Uh, I don't here's know. Here's a great question: Did Tommy do a big time block call like uh, the big time? No, no, actually. I'll be honest with you. Until the third quarter, I didn't even know he was there. See, look I, at I did not have That's, any. Inc- then there was a bad call, wanna, and you know, there's Tommy, and I'm like, oh, all right. They want to be. <laughs> they want to be seen and not uh, heard. No, no, he did. He and his heard crew did a great job last. Whatever. Time. I don't know what the what the ruling is on that. All right. Well, uh, here we are. DQ Jesse in Mountain Home, who appears to be a tax advisor, says if we talk about more of your clothes, you can use it as a tax deduction. Ooh. Okay. All right, then. Coming up the next. The government's going to be paying you. Yeah, that's right. Coming up next, oh, we'll talk about what DQ's wearing They always pay me. <laughs> Don't worry. Wow. What's that like? Do you need a reliable roofing company that you can call at a moment's notice? United Roofing and Waterproofing is the answer to your issue. Joey Vivano and his team service commercial, residential, and industrial roofs. Consultations are always free, and you can schedule them online at unitedrw.com. Call Joey at 479-312-7369. That's 312-7369. You can also check out United Roofing and Waterproofing on Facebook and Instagram. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right on your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign in today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, here's a uh, text out of the 870. I will go to my grave loving Third Eye Blind. <laughs> Seven Charm kind of life's all right. What an interesting hill to die on. <laughs> Third Eye Blind's pretty good. <laughs> Again, I said the rock. I didn't say the band. You got to you got to separate the two. There there's some good there's some good rock music in the back half of the night. I didn't say it was, uh, I didn't say it was approaching Zeppelin. I will tell I said you, it's better than I thought. It's funny that this has uh, come up because I will tell you that I have uh, more than once in the last. As the year has changed, um, I've been in a mood, as you can probably tell. And We're one four of the days in, one of the things I have uh, been thinking about is I am desperate, desperate for it to be 1999 again when I'm driving around in the truck playing these CDs mm-hmm. in my car. God, that was great. That's right. It was great. What was I? I was listening. God, it was great. I, I was listening to something that we just sort of any spun, problems. spun me. I think it may have been like Sister Hazel, something like that. Oh, man. And I was like, I was like, you know what? That's not a bad I song. saw them for free in Cersei one time. Not something I would brag about. But it was I like. I scammed oh, the university out of tickets. I'm pretty was, proud of yes, that, actually. You've told the story twice. Now, now yeah, that's three times. Three times right. Yes, uh, but I, uh, that but guy's I, the president now that I took the tickets for. Okay, yeah, I, about but that. I, I heard that song and I just started going through like ninety. I'm like, you know what? It's not terrible. I didn't say it was. I didn't say it was Zeppelin. It's not the Eagles, but it wasn't awful. 
Like I would go back like so fast to just like driving around doing nothing. It was great. Right. Okay. You get the CD. I can even remember. I keep thinking of the sound the CD player made when you shut the car off. It mm-hmm. made this little beeping sound. Yes. Oh, so, I, I so mean, good. We, the early nineties nineties had like the Seattle sound. I mean, we we both love Radiohead. Um, I mean, Nirvana, County. I mean, you're a big County Crows guy. I love Green Day still. Well, there I you still go. Love Green okay. Day. Okay, late late nineties. Love Green Day. Oh, oh man, what a good time! I mean, did, how many people you had all your CDs and the oh, yeah, thing and on, the, your, yeah, the on your on your visor, yeah, on the and visor. you jam more in there than it would fit? So you get like four in one of the little slots. Do and you then remember? They scratched do up. you remember the first car you had with a multi disc changer? I had a 2000 Eddie Bauer Explorer. That thing was loaded, and it had a six CD changer. I thought it was king. I don't know if I've ever had a. Really? I don't think I. uh, Maybe my car did, but I never used CDs by then. I was plugging in the auxiliary plug by then. But I don't think I ever had a multi disc. But yeah, it was freaky when you'd put them all in the same slot. You're like, what is this magic going on here? You put all of these things in the in the car. What is going on? Abner is voting for the '80s, and look, I have a special place in my heart for the '80s. I love Motley Crue. I love GNR, but there are some bands in the '80s that you just went. Wow. Damn I'm, Yankees. Hey, High Enough's not a bad song. Um, <laughs> but I can't name you another Damn Yankees song. Right, but, of course. Uh, there there are, uh, oh boy, there are some bad ones. Some bad yeah. ones. And a lot of hair, too. A lot of hair. Yeah, we went into the glam band like Nelson. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't great. <laughs> Nelson, it was Ricky Nelson's a... kids, man. Oh, my God. I forgot what their names were, but I... Man, I, I don't I'm, I just, gotta, I'm just picturing driving down Ray Street in Cersei with the with like a with a um with an Everclear CD bumping. Nothing and wrong the, with and the window kind of partly rolled down, and you had to roll it down. It, oh, I didn't course, have automatic on that I, truck. Are you kidding me? I mean, we forget it. Like I, like I said, I went down this rabbit hole and I found like Live, which I forgot. Live had like Live's a, a badass band. They man. had like two songs, but they. What were, was that? Th- uh, throwing copper. That record was awesome. It was. It and was, it had a song with the S word in the title, which I remember. Which, I'm like, this is scandalous. This is great. Oh my god! In Cersei, that was uh, yeah, that was probably the end of the world. Yeah. They had like four singles off that record. That was a great record. Yeah, it was throwing copper. God, see, what a record! Now, oh. see, you're coming around on this. Oh. You just kind of forget. I had that record. You forget the depth that the uh, that the 80s ha- or the 90s had, and it was an entire decade. Like the 80s was really good in the middle, or really I, good at the beginning. It was better at the end, but the middle it was kind of bumpy. I think when I um. I must have spent all of my because I had all these CDs. I must have spent all my TV money that I earned working at the TV station, just <laughs> at, at Hastings, just buying CDs all day. And they were like thirteen bucks yeah, each. I mean, they were not. Yeah. It wasn't uh, you know expensive, but I mean, it wasn't it wasn't nothing. You could get a single CD at Mix ninety six for like three dollars. Right. That was right. That you was, were probably giving them away on uh, on your two for Tuesday. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But I had all these. I had the Offspring. I had Everclear. I haven't had a Creed CD. I'm I'm ashamed to admit. Two of them, I think. Well, I mean, you did have the uh, the Puka necklace. So I mean, God, wow! <laughs> I'm, that's how I must have spent all my money. I mean, listening to Creed all my with money your Puka it was like two hundred dollars. It's, it's I mean, amazing you didn't get more girls, isn't it? Though <laughs> it's really amazing to me. I never got girls in Cersei. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> I know. All right, uh, twenty-seven uh, after the hour here on Ruskin and Zach on ESPN Arkansas. And hit that line.com. And there were still rock radio stations back yep. then, like good ones. Right. Good, yeah, really good, good rock radio right. stations. They were, and they were just, yes, you just stay there all day long. We're having a real, um, we're Go having a, a problem discerning like pop and popular music with rock. Like somebody's a flock of seagulls. It's a pop band, Ace of Bass, pop band. Right. 
When I say rock, I, I'm talking about Motley Crue, Guns right. N' Roses, Nirvana. You know, that, just start with those and look at you know. We had it. We had an alternative out. station at a Little Rock named Lick 106. Mm-hmm. That was that was the place right there. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that was the song. That was it. Was the New Radicals? Oh, that you get was what you give. I, I heard that song and I'm like, this doesn't suck. It doesn't. Uh, it's um, it's right. not great, but yeah. it doesn't suck. And I, I I went down this rabbit hole, yeah. and and I wound up with going through like the 90s catalog going you know it's not uh, terrible yeah no yeah. man of course we have it we do of course the long version the new radicals or is it uh yeah this, one. Yeah, this is that i intro this 10,000 times there's a the short, long walk up well on there, it. there's a short and a long one. yeah there is yeah and you got to get out of it right about hang on Right about now, you have to get out of it because he's going to start in on the short walk up. Yep. Oh, you can't talk over this part? No, don't talk. DQ? (laughs) God, what a a hold you. Take me back there in my white S10. And I'm just, you know, and I'm just like doing the gangster lean going, you know, this doesn't suck. Everybody did that. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Did you ever? Did you ever burn CDs? Of course. Oh God, remember Dude, that? that? Was there when Napster started? Oh yeah, burning. Yeah. I mean, pirating music. Yeah. And every great. now and then you'd get a bad one, so I'd play right. like the first ten seconds, yeah. and then it'd be <laughs> the rest of it. You're like, oh man. You're like, man. Oh, we gotta Ru- throw that one away. Ruined your Tuesday. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Wow. That is. Uh, that was good. <laughs> Oh. Like I said, now it, we're here. Now, I, I, see, it's got to snow. See, Great. You're, you're doing exactly what I did yesterday. You're like, you know what? It doesn't suck. It doesn't suck. No. And then you just, and I started just take like, me back. I start, I went into like iTunes. I start looking through like 90s rock songs. I'm like, these aren't awful. Take me back. Right. 1999. Rolling around from the gas station to the pool hall Absolutely. and up and down, up and down, up and down. That's all we did. That's all we needed to do. That's all, all you had to do. Man, that was it, man. That was that was the thing. That was it. Oh, and then God, maybe. Oh, Lenny. Oh, Lenny. I never. I didn't you like a big Lenny guy. But the, but the best Lenny song is "It Ain't Over Till It's Over." And if anybody says "Fly Away" or "American Woman," I will come through the dashboard this? and end you. This is a good song. It is a good song. American Woman sucks. Like yeah. his version of it, yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. And they played it all the time. I well, hated it. Lenny was big. He was, yeah. You know what? That, well, that, that, that song's not bad. It's not bad. Lenny was big in a lot of ways, apparently, but we don't need to go down that road. <laughs> Appreciate the update. We Thanks. asked Lisa Bonet about that. All right. Uh, it's Muskin wow. and Zach on ESPN Arkansas. I hear. And hit that line.com. Uh, let's see here. No, I don't know about this. Garth from Dover on the McLaurin you know, Hotline saying this was the pinnacle of music. No, I don't no, no, know no, about no, no, that. No, no. Well, no, no the, pin- the pinnacle well, of music. You know what? Everything it disappeared after that. Like in the early two thousands, rock music basically disappeared. Well, rock is dead. It's Remember, coming back. Rock is dead. It's gotta come back. Oh, it's not coming before back. I die. Nobody plays a guitar anymore. I rock know, is dead. I know. It's over. I know. Everybody's drums are on their uh, computers. All right, Daisy and Mina wants to know gin blossoms. Yes or no? I say yes. Yeah, but uh, Allison Road or uh, Hey Jealousy. Yeah, Hey Jealousy. Their big hit, Follow You Down, is not that good. It's okay. It's fine. Hey Jealousy's really good. Hey Jealousy's better, and Allison Road's a great song. And there's another one they had, too. Found Out About You's a good song. Yeah, yeah, it is. 
See, yeah. you're getting you're getting into this where you're like the nineties may not have had like the super band. They had Nirvana like for a couple of years in the early nineties, but the depth is actually not bad. Till I hear it from you as a as a tremendous song. There you go. Great song. The Offsprings a really underrated this rock band. Like just in your face, mm-hmm. aggressive rock band. I hear them every now and then. I'm like, yeah. Now here's Dan in Mount Ida. He says Pearl Jam. Menorah yep. rotation. Yeah. Dan in Mount Ida says Pearl Jam. Here's the problem I have with Pearl Jam. I can't understand the thing Dan- Eddie Vedder says. Really, I remember. I have no Take idea. Take boy. Yeah. Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Pearl Jam was good, but Pearl Jam was, by the time the late 90s came along, Pearl Jam was like the grown-ups in the room. They were. And, and, and then all the kids were taking over. It was also a very over. niche band. Yeah. They were cool. When, like, I had a lot of, uh, gosh, I can't believe I'm going to do this. I had a lot of kids that, um, when I was in high school, liked the Violent Femmes. Mm. I didn't come around on the Femmes till the mid-90s. Mm. I was like, uh, you know what? I made fun of them, but the music didn't suck. The Cure is another one. Yeah. I love The Cure. Friday, I'm in love. Oh, love song. Oh. Oh. A lot of stuff here. Yeah. See? Brad and Rogers likes the pumpkins. I like the pumpkins, yeah, pumpkins too. pumpkins were good. Billy Corgan yeah. is uh, really good. Um, but then there was like, so there's like a, here's how rock worked back then. There was like, like this group. And then there was like an edgier, like the, the even like edgier kids uh, that like wore like right. the goth makeup. Right. They were into like nine inch nails and right. corn right. and like right. stuff like that. But, and I I dabbled in that, but it wasn't my favorite stuff. Did you stuff. wear the makeup? No, no, okay. I didn't wear the well, makeup. Well, like a decade no. earlier, they were into the Femmes, the Cure. They, right, they right, just, right, yeah. they, they morphed. But there were, they were yeah. like different levels. Like somebody just mentioned Stone Temple Pilots. I love STP. Yeah, it's a great band. STP is a great band. But you had you had like the 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 grunge stuff in the early '90s, Nirvana and all and all of them, and then it just kind of morphed into whatever it was at the end of the '90s, and it wasn't terrible. Yeah. It was not terrible. Right. Hey, while we're on music, I can tell you uh, one of the most uh, idiotic uh, things I've seen today. Okay. Because it involves music, and it involves um, um, America's sweetheart, who uh, Taylor Swift. Oh. Who will be attending the Golden Globes on Sunday? Why? And uh, the headline read that uh, Travis Kelsey will not be on the red carpet. He has a freaking game. Of course, he's not going to be on the red. Why is this news? The Chiefs play at the same time that everyone will be walking the red carpet at the Golden Globes, which are Sunday night in Los Angeles. The Chiefs do play in Los Angeles. He's got. I mean, he on. has a day job. That's right. Wouldn't it be something if he was like inactive? Yeah, and then he ends up on the red carpet. Oh, oh boy! I'm, oh Woo. yeah, that, that would be. Woo. Like, like when you get when you become a parent, you become so and so's dad. Like I'm Kinsey's dad. That's how people identify me. It would suck to be Taylor Swift's boyfriend. Well, he already is. But I mean, when, this like, season has been terrible. In, in, in his field. world, yeah. he's the star. She's kind of the like the 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 the, the bit player. If you flip yeah. it around, nobody in nobody on the red carpet's going to know who this ape is. He's just a big dude. That's all they'll know. Okay. Wow. Which is sad for him, but you know it is what it is. Okay. What do you think of in excess? Yeah, they're fine. Not my favorite. <laughs> I like. It. I'll probably flip the radio if they come. Really? Uh, what yeah, you no. need? Uh, it's fine. Yeah. Uh yeah, here's the text on the McClarty Journal hotline out of the eight seven zero corn guys. I don't like them. Guys, I don't like them. I don't like corn. Like, we're getting a lot of these. Uh, we're getting a lot of texts about like you know obscure rock bands that you liked, and that's fine. But yeah, like, Pantera. Oh, stop it. Nobody likes. See, Pantera. that was that was the that was the really like hardcore rocker right. group. 
Van. Guys, that was one of those. Pantera yeah. had a chainsaw in their act. Rob Zombie. Okay. I mean, they, uh, maybe Rage Against the Machine. Maybe this. Maybe it was just loud, and and you liked it. Okay. <laughs> well, the music really kind of sucked. I saw a headline today. There's a jackal. No, it was Jackal that had the chainsaw. I saw Jackal. I saw a headline today that um, Rage Against the Machine has broken up for the third time. That's got to be a record. Most bands break up at the most twice, and then that's it. To break up a third time is... There's a good question. No what band right? has broken up the most? DQ, Google that. Bands that have broken up the most. Beatles, one. One. Eagles, one. One. No. <laughs> no, the Eagles... Eagles got back together. Did Hell Freezes over? Yeah, but they broke up once. No, then they, they haven't up. broken up the second time. Uh, okay. All they right. fired Felder. That's not breaking up. No. And then Glenn died. So that's not really breaking up. They're still going. I don't know. Okay. Ruskin and Zach. It's probably going to be something like Poco. They've probably broken up 15 that's, times. That's part about this. That 15 years. entire segment. We can... Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua Sign Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Picture this, a cold winter's night and suddenly no heat. That's exactly what happened to us. But when we called Pasco Air Plumbing and Electric, they were right there. Their pros didn't just fix our heating. They brought back our home's warmth and comfort in no time. Even when our water heater started leaking, Pascal was the first name we thought of. Quick, professional, and so understanding. With Pascal's flexible payment options, we didn't have to worry about a big expense all at once. Now our home is comfortable and so is our budget. Schedule now at gopascal.com. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. I was not thinking about the uh, Roman Empire, but I was sitting here thinking about the um, the football coaching staff, okay, and like the uh, the factions that are uh, being formed here. Mm-hmm. So you have Bobby, yes. and you have Sam, right, and then on the offensive side you have um, Jimmy Smith, probably a Pittman guy, right. Mm-hmm. You have Fountain, special teams, a Pittman guy probably. But then, Mateos was here before, mm-hmm. but Pittman I don't know guy. if, I don't know, if it, it, yeah, but Pittman guy. I feel like he could be Switzerland in, in the arguments. He could like. Well, he just got here. He He's not, he's he's not qualified to draw, or draw a side yet. And then Fouch is a Petrino guy. Clearly. So like, I mean, this is, uh, this is 2006. This is what this is. Only um, the head coach has no credibility, unlike the guy in 06 did here. It's not. It's not. <sighs> and there, see, and there's, I, no, there's no parade of five stars I, coming in here on I, offense either. I, I see where you're going. But, I mean, Houston not had a lot to do with that coaching staff. I mean, he was very involved with the offensive side of the ball. And some people would call it meddling with the offensive side of the ball. Sam basically went, y'all figure it out. 
and he is going to do the CEO approach to this, which is not the worst idea in the world. There are, I, I think the the offensive coaching staff is going to change. Obviously, if if and when they they hire uh, this guy from Missouri State, he comes in. He's your wide receivers coach. He's not going to be the co OC. That's Bobby thing. Um, the rest of the offensive staff with Mateos, you know, remain or with if you move Mateos out, basically remains unchanged. Defensively, still together, um, as far as I can tell. Um, that that unit is most probably, of the players left, but for- the, but staff is together. If you're talking about factions on the staff. I, I I really I I don't know I I think Sam's to the point where he's leaving Travis Williams in charge of the defensive side of the football. Bobby's in charge of the offensive side, and he's going to get out of the way and let them do their thing. Might be the way to go. I'm I'm more comfortable with the Bobby Petrino thing being on there because I know they're not going to burn timeouts like eating Tic Tacs. Like oh well, you know it's four minutes ago let's take one. I mean that that's not going to happen anymore. You shouldn't have the offensive issues with twelve guys on the field and all that taking timeouts out of out of timeouts. We shouldn't have that happening anymore. I'm just thinking more of the dynamics in the building, which are going to be really, really fascinating if ever we were allowed to see them, which we won't be. Because it is, uh, you know, this is there is this is not united in any way, shape, or form. All the chess pieces, as they said about the, uh, you know, about any great conspiracy, the chess pieces, the board is being set up here. And um, this is going to be... Uh, incredibly uh, interesting to watch uh, it all play out as uh, Sam will be fired and Bobby will assume the reign as a uh, head coach. It's not if, it's when. That's what it is. It's going to happen. Hey, there's a, maybe this season. Th- there's a chance, you know, they they go on and they they go 6 and 6 or 7 and 5 and you know buy another year. I I don't know. I want to see what the roster I'm not ready to make sweeping generalizations yet because I want to see what the roster looks like after the second portal window. Then we'll know who they've got. Right now, I mean, you you got these guys but they're they're going to add in in the next window, or as we found out today, you can still add people. When Judkins look, jumps in, I mean, like, you know, the, the, it's the, like, what are you doing? The, look, the roster is the roster. It's always going to be the twelfth to fourteenth most talented roster in this league. That's the way it's always going to be. So that doesn't interest me at all. What interests me is the skirmishes that could occur behind the scenes between all these people who. Um, have been thrown into this cauldron and have been told, like you said, figure it out. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's interesting to me. I mean, there, there are, that's what's interesting. There are to me. skirmishes and factions in any coaching that's staff. True. I yes. mean, that, it's like high school. There, there are cliques within within coaching staffs. Very few coaching staffs get along where everybody gets along. You have, you know, I mean, Petrino's going to have his circle of guys, and you hope, if you're a Razorback fan, you hope that that circle of his guys are all the offensive coaches and they're all on the same page. Hmm. It's it's when you start, when things start going badly, when you see those, you see the, the, the cracks in the facade a little bit. Um, but right now, everything's fine. Everybody's on the same page. Hey, man, you're drawing them up on, on air right now. Everything <laughs> looks great. They, know. You know, then they're going to roll them out there, and they're going to see if the if the team can pull it off. And that's you know that's kind of when the rubber hits the road. We'll see. Bob and Branson wants wants to know why is Sam on the payroll? He can't recruit, doesn't coach, can't call an offense, can't coach offensive line. Arkansas football is broken. Well, he is still employed to prove that your feckless AD can do the job, which he can't, by the way. But I mean, that's why he's still here. We, we still believe that this guy can pull it out, and he, he, he okay. can't. It, That's the deal. When Chad, The day that Chad Morris was fired after the Western Kentucky game, would you agree that the program is in better shape today than it was on that day? 
Hmm, that's a good question. The answer is yes. The answer is they are in a better position today than the day that he took the job. However, now the decision is, is he the guy to take you from, hey, we're, 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 we're away from that mess. Is he the guy to take you into the mid to upper portion of the league? That's the question you have to answer. He came in on a budget and solidified your program. Took you to one really good year where you got a New Year's Day bowl game. He did what he was asked to do. Now it's can he take that next step? That's the question. I don't have the answer to that. You're in a better spot than you were. But, you know, yeah, you've got questions. This is a big year. I mean, this is a, a, a make or break year, a do or die year for him. You can't go four and eight again. You can't go five and seven. I think the, the floor for this is seven and five. I really do. I, I don't think you can sell four and eight, six and six again. You went out, you made the splash higher as your OC. Everybody bought into that. You can you can sell that going forward. You go six and six, five and seven. I don't think you can. Ryan wants to know on the Claudia New Hotline. Do you ever think Van Horn just sits there on the lawnmower and goes, "What the bleep is going on up there?" <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. He's good. <laughs> yeah. Oh. He's figured it out a long time ago. He's He has not been changed by the trappings of fame or uh, notoriety or all the other things that undo every every successful person in that athletic department. But it hasn't it hasn't affected Dave somehow. Dave, Dave also has some advantages that, that they don't, which is you're, you play in a league in, that, don't, that takes baseball very seriously. Most of the country does not take college baseball seriously. You have a facility that you can recruit players to. You have a history of getting guys to the big leagues and them having success. So Dave's got some built-in advantages there, and he's you know, and he's taken advantage of all of that. Musselman does that. I mean, he he has been he's been able to get guys to come in, but our, the, the football program has just struggled to get players to come in here, stay here, and then have success. They've had good players, they've had great players come in, just haven't been able to get uh, get enough of them to this point. And that's you know, that's on Sam Pittman ultimately. Ultimately, he's the guy who's in charge of the direction of the program. And if it's not needle up, then you got to start asking questions. No. I don't know. It's just fun to think about um, how, because, um, like, we know the cult of personality that, uh, that the OC is. And, like, it is just, it is completely opposite of uh, Sam's, like, all right, y'all do whatever you want. Like, it is, like. Hey, this is what the coaches will wear today. This is what time you will do this, this, this. I mean, it is a very there, yes. There it are is very opposite there, of the way that uh, the head coach leads. Bobby is much more detail oriented. I don't think there's any question about that. That's just the way that he was brought up. Sam would be considered a players' coach. Bobby would not. No. no. So you know, there's there's a lot of difference to that. I still think, and and I watch this with young coaches around the country. I mean, Eli's learn it. There's a learning curve to being a head coach in a Power Five league. And a lot of it has nothing to do with the football aspect of it. It has to do with everything else. I forget who, I, I, I might have been Kiffin said that, you know, being the head coach in the, in the SEC is about everything but football. You're managing 110 personalities on your football team. You've got, you know, 15, 20 coaches, an entire staff. You have to manage all of that. And if you're not fully prepared to do that or you haven't done it before, it can be overwhelming at times. And I'm sure he's felt that at, at some point. Um, you know, and, and I'll go back to losing your losing Odom was was absolutely devastating the last year, and, and that I think started losing Bryles. I mean, they had he wants to get back to that where Bryles ran the offense, Odom ran the defense. Sam didn't have to do a whole lot as far as that goes. I think he's closer to that today than he was 365 days ago. No, yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know how anyone can like, unless you're just like an optimistic person, like how anything, anyone can believe in anything coming out of that place is, um, uh, it's foreign to me. I don't understand it. I mean, you just have to be, you know, forever optimistic. And if you are, God bless you. That's a, that's, that's a great way to go through it. But man, I just, I, I can't see it. There are a lot of I questions. I can't see it. There, there are a ton of questions about talent uh, and, and lack thereof. I mean, I saw a thing the other day. Peter Burns noted uh, SEC shill at Arkansas 14th in the league as far as talent goes. It's not a, it's, it's not where they want to be, but, you know, again, let, let me see the roster at the end of the second uh, portal cycle. Then, then we'll have a pretty good idea whether or not they can match up but with I don't teams think on their schedule. I don't think there's enough that can be done. Like, what, are they going to move to 12th? By then, like there's, there's hey, just, 12th is better than 14th. <laughs> it is. It, it's better than 14th or 15th. Yeah. And look, there, there are a lot of guys on that roster who, and, and I go, I go back to the Traylon Burks argument with stars. I don't believe in stars. You know, that well, he's a four star. He's a five star. Traylon Burks was a four star. Hudson Henry was a five star. Who's the better player? Traylon Burks. It's not even close. All you had to do was turn on the tape. Yeah, that Little Rock bias uh, coming through again in the recruiting world. <laughs> Traylon, just Traylon, like with Nick Smith Traylon Jr., was who was not player. that good, by Traylon, the way. Traylon was a better player. Stars, whatever. We don't know a whole lot about a lot of these guys because they were at other places. Um, you know, I, do I have concerns? Sure, I do. But I think they've got decent players that they can build around. They've just got to get a group of decent players that they can build around. And I and I think they're getting there. Uh, but I, do, I definitely, I'm with you on this. I don't think Petrino's uh, star caches the way it used to. Um, I see, like, and one of the things you like to say a lot is, I see a lot of 40-year-old men getting more excited about Bobby Petrino than I do about 18 to 22-year-old football players. There are a lot of 40-year-old men who are feeling funny things in their pants they haven't felt in a while over this Bobby Petrino hire. It's really odd to watch. It, it's really, it's like the Malzahn phenomenon 20 years ago where guys would walk around town dressed like him. Yeah. It's kind of like that. It, it's like a, uh, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's. But Gus had his whole career in front of him. He's like a deity to these people. Okay. It's really interesting. It, it's, 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 he just doesn't have that, you know, with the 18 to 20 year olds, he just doesn't have that star because he hasn't been on the stage. Nobody knows who he is. These mm. kids, I mean, I mean, you deal with teenagers. I mean, their, their mindscape is the last 15 minutes. That's it. So the idea that you're going to waltz him in there, they're going to be like, who's the old dude? <laughs> Seriously, I mean, th that's what an 18 to 20-year-old kid's going to do. And again, it all goes back to, are you winning? Can you get me to the league playing time? Imagine, Those three things. Can you imagine the first recruiting visit where someone calls him bruh? Oh. How's that go? The first time they call Bobby bruh. Hey, bruh. You know, I don't like that. I don't. I think <laughs> you'll call me Coach Petrino. You will not call um, me bruh. I, I I don't know. I, We'll see. I, I He can still coach. Obviously... I mean, he, he came in here two years ago and lit this place up and damn near pulled it off. You know, they went down to A&M. Yeah. You know, they, they they were an improved offense. So he can still coach them, but selling him is, is to me, the tougher part. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, 14 after the hour on Ruska to Zach, 866-285-4005. Gets you in here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. You know another thing I miss? Hmm. 2004, I was thinking about this. So here's what I was thinking about today. Another thing. Um, I was thinking about the time Pelfrey kicked out the scores table at the basketball game. Why? Well, then I started thinking about, well, where is that scores table? And then I started thinking about Mike Neighbors, who knows where all that stuff is. <laughs> and then I thought about when I used to be able to go under the arena where the scores table was. Mm -hmm. 
And that was 2004 when I would, you know what happened? I'd run the camera for the the first video board, the one with the net on it mm-hmm. at Bud Walton Arena. They paid us $125 a yeah, year they to did. do that. Yeah, that they was did. a hell of a mm-hmm. gig. Yep. I love doing that. I know. It was so much fun. You're down there under the basket. You get to watch the game. Oh, it's great. Okay. It was great so there fun. There used to be, at, at one point in time, uh, there was a storage room over in, Bar- in uh, Barnhill, and it had everything in yes. it. Yes. Now, you would know where this is, but you know where the uh, the ticket office is in Barnhill? Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that faces, I guess, what is now the band building. Mm-hmm. If you walk in that door and you take a left or, or right, depending on which side of the doors you go in, but, uh, but in that middle section was Bill Smith's old office. Right, yes. And Bill, and it was it was a closet is basically what it was. But yes, he stick Bill I remember. Smith in there. That's was, where the women's communication That's correct. He, was, he yeah. was the women's SID at the time. Um, I walked into Bill's office one day, and I looked at him, and I looked past him, and there was just this, I mean, mountain of Razorback stuff behind him. Now, Bill is a fervent collector yeah. of uh, media guides. Actually, he, he did the women's media guides for years and years and years, but he was a fervent collector of media guides, much like Hutch is. And he had stuff, all of it. I mean, he had anything that you wanted, and this is, I mean, this is pre-turn of the century, so like the late 90s, but it was all in there. Yeah. Every, the light meter was in there at the time. Yeah. Um, there, there was all kinds of stuff in there, but he was the guy that kind of had it. And then when he left, poof. we used to, uh, you used to could enter Bud Walton through the loading dock. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when you entered through the loading dock, you'd walk out of that tunnel where the team walks out now. And on your left, like there was a hallway to the locker room. And then after that was the storage area. And there was the old scoreboard, the first mm-hmm. Bud Walton scoreboard, yeah. the one that they, that Nolan had all like taken apart in there and I always wanted a piece of that. I never stole anything from there and I should have. I I, but need, I never did. I need to ask Mike this because there's a rumor or there was a rumor going around that when um they closed Barnhill, um when they did the first renovation to it to make it into the, you know, volleyball gymnastics yeah. all that kind of stuff, they took Frank's seats out. Mm-hmm. And those went somewhere and they replaced them. Um I don't know if that's true or not, but that would be the, a really cool piece of Razorback history. Another thing that um um another thing I wanted Oh, yeah, I remember this. So um, I was thinking about this, too. So on the headsets at baseball, when we did the video board, it was just the video people. So we could talk about whatever we wanted and oftentimes did. And baseball, you only got 50 bucks a game, and you almost got killed by a baseball if you were in one of those dugout cameras, which was where I was every time. So that was more dangerous Mm -hmm. for less money. But on basketball, you had to behave because Bill Gray, the uh, associate AD, was always listening on the headset. Yeah, you so he couldn't goof around at basketball. I remember that much. But we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't say anything we wanted to because Bill Gray was listening in on the headset. So we I, couldn't do that. I was the first PA <laughs> voice uh, for the women's softball team and women's volleyball team. There was a night. The, the softball team got off to a rough start their first year. They had, they had a bunch of girls that came in from California, and it was, it was tough. But I remember the first home run. It was hit in that yard. I forget who hit it, but it was a I just crushed. And we had, you know, the old um, like you had the computer program that had all the sounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. I hit the uh, the siren, and I guess I woke somebody up across the street. <laughs> like it's like eleven o'clock at night, and I hit the siren, and I, like I got complaints the next day. Yeah. Can't hit the siren. I'm like, ah, you know what? It's the first one in program history. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. You know, somebody thought there was like a natural disaster going on in Fayetteville. My bad. That lady backyard. That lady backyard, yeah. That's right. The old George Cole. All right. But I often, uh, but that's what I was thinking about today. It was, I was, that, was the, that was the thought process was Pelfrey kicks out the scores table. 
where is that scores table? I know where it used to be. And then I remember getting to hang out in the uh, underbelly of Bud Walton Arena for $125 a night running the camera. It was pretty good. It's a good time. It was a good time. Good, good days. Good money, too. Oof. You know, $125 will get you like half a tank. Of gas. Back then, 20 years ago, I mean, that was like, real money now. Back, back then, I'd get you three tanks of gas. Oh, man. Yeah. Living. Yeah, you could pay the cable bill for a couple months with that. You're listening to the Ruskin and Zach podcast brought to you by United Roofing and Waterproofing. Here to help with all your residential and commercial roofing needs. Call Joey and his team at 479-312-7369 or check them out online at unitedrw.com. Join the local conversation on the McClarty Daniel Hotline, 866-285-4005. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. Welcome to McClarty Daniel Country. With six giant locations and over 3,000 vehicles, Northwest Arkansas is McClarty Daniel Country. Stop by one of our showrooms today to shop our full lineup of cars, trucks, and SUVs. McClarty Daniel is proud to be your premier automotive destination. Need service? We work on all makes and models six days a week. Plus, our full-service collision center can repair anything from a minor ding to a major collision. Have you visited McClarty Daniel Country? Visit us online at McClartyDaniel.com. Back with us here. Uh, change your scorecards, everybody. Uh, Chuck Barrett into the lineup. Zach Arns has departed. So here we are on uh, on Ruskin and Zach. Hi, Chuck. Hi. Good to be with you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah. it's a uh, it's a getting cranked up here. It's a little bit quiet uh, uh, as far as Arkansas goes, but that's going to change. Uh, the women play uh, in a little bit, and the the men get to conference play going on Saturday. So we, it's getting ramped up around here again it's about to be back to business and uh once we get past the football game monday night basketball is going to have total center stage yeah for at least until you know baseball starts but um yeah it'll be fun for a while feels like winter out there yeah that's that's one of the uh the bad parts about it is that it's uh gonna snow in northwest arkansas apparently <laughs> tomorrow morning that's what so, i hear yeah yeah good times there for uh, everything anyway uh if you want to um um uh, have a question for Chuck. We'll uh, we'll talk with him for the hour here. 866-285-4005 to uh, join us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Now, I, I, I wanted to start with with you on on basketball because it was interesting to watch them um, and what has happened with Minifield in the most recent game versus where they were, uh, you know, earlier in the year. You've obviously seen it all there from courtside. It looks. Um, Looks quite dramatically different, I would say, from uh, from what we've seen. Well, it seems like a lot of things have changed since he started playing more. That's for sure, and or just started playing. Period. Uh, I mean, I was looking at the scores, the three in a row that they've won. They barely beat Lipscomb, uh, then they beat Abilene Christian by ten, and then they scored 106 in winning the ball game over Wilmington and. The last three halves, you know, you go back to that Abilene Christian game. He started the second half. And I guess the last three halves, they've scored over 50 points in, in all of them. So uh, he's he's definitely having an effect on things. I think he's given some people, um, you know, myself included, uh, the idea that, that, that maybe this this team might, might be about to go on a little run. Uh, I think he makes that much difference for them. Now, look, Auburn's good, and um, this is not going to be a walk in the park by any stretch. Uh, none of them are. Uh, I don't see a game on the schedule that's a walk in the park uh, when it comes to conference play. But um, Menafield, you know, kind of makes everybody feel like they got a chance to be good. 
it was interesting to watch, um, you know, it, the way that he kind of orchestrated everything. And usually you either are the facilitator or you're a scorer. He did both in that game uh, against Wilmington, uh, obviously, with, with the big 32-point uh, uh, outburst. But it also felt like he was kind of dictating what was happening on the court, too, in a way. You know, Musk said after the game that, you know, that he wasn't hunting shots. And by that, I mean, you know, he didn't, you know, some guys know they're hot. And every time they get the ball, I mean, they're just hunting an opportunity to shoot. And he did everything that he did within the confines of the game. Now, it was an up and down game. And, you know, there were a lot of points scored. When you score 106 points, there's a good chance somebody's going to have 30 uh, by the end of the night because you just scored so many points. That still leaves 76 for everybody else. So, you know, Manifield had a great night. Now, the question moving forward is, um, can he have the same effect against better teams? Because right. Auburn's going to be, you know, they're going to be significantly better. And I say that respectfully to the other teams, but Auburn's going to be better. To me, when I look at Saturday's game, it's not just about the pace and it's not just about Manifield. It's, um, you know, there's going to be some real physical play inside. And there'll be some physical play on the perimeter, but there's really going to be some physical play inside. Uh, Auburn's that kind of team. And our Arkansas is either either going to have to set the tone or, or answer the tone that Auburn sets. But um, I think that's where the battle's really going to be Saturday. Yeah, and uh, it's a team, I mean, you know, Jalen Graham had a had a, one of his better performances uh, last time out, but it's not you, you know you don't really think about you know the the post presence right now. You think of you know the the shooting of, of Tremont Mark and uh, and and you know lately you think of uh, the job Minifield's doing. They're not really uh, I don't want to say it's a deficiency, but there's just you don't really think of you know the big guys inside when you think of this basketball team right now. Well, no, and 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 I think that that's something that's going to have to develop. Um, and, and by have to develop, I, I mean, if they're going to get to where they want to go, um, you know, the, you've, you're going to have to have guys in there that can, you know, answer the bell defensively and answer the bell on the boards. I'm not talking about necessarily scoring a lot of points. Um, I do think their firepower in terms of offense, um, can, can come from other spots. Now, I think they need Brazil to maybe score a little bit more. But I, I, th I think a lot of their firepower can come from other positions. But um, can you rebound? Can you keep Auburn off the offensive boards? Um, and when you go on the road at Georgia and Florida, can you do it then? Um, you know, and then you're going to come back and play Texas A&M, which will, which will do the same thing. So that's kind of what this league's about. And so, you know, we've seen the Razorbacks do it to others, and we've seen others do it to the Razorbacks. I mean, you pound somebody on the offensive glass, you're going to win the game. And, um, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if Arkansas is able to answer that Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm interested to see. We were, we're kind of talking about the schedule uh, earlier. So in January, uh, right now, it's three ranked teams, two of them at home. When we can talk about Kentucky and Auburn this week. And it, it's eight games, four, uh, eight games total, four at home and four on the road. So I'm kind of curious. And, you know, there's obviously Arkansas isn't ranked right now, but I was looking in the notes here and like each of the week that the net has been out, Chuck, Arkansas has gone up like they've they started in the hundreds and they're now 89 uh, this week. So they're slowly, slowly, maybe slower than some people maybe thought are maybe climbing closer to the uh, 
to the uh, the, the discussion of things and you know, postseason and whatnot. Yeah, I've 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 never worried about the net as much as some, although it's still hard for me to figure out because three of Arkansas's four losses, if I'm not mistaken, came to top 14 teams, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've not completely figured it out. I do know that as we move through conference play, win or lose, their net's going to go up. Look, if you uh, pardon me, if you win games, your net's going to go up exponentially. You know, if you lose these games to the higher-ranked teams, it's going to go up a little bit. Um, so to me, when when I look at the net and, you know, everything that we expect this team to be able to do when we get to March, um, it just boils down to winning games. If you win games, all that stuff will take care of itself. Um, and, you know, we can do the math. They're 9-4. and four. Um, Now, I do think that when you look around the country, um, there may be some teams out there that, that, that get in with fewer wins than maybe what we've traditionally come to expect. In other words, I think there might be an 18-19 win team in there. There might even be somebody with a little less than that. And I'm, uh, you know, Arkansas may be right there at that cusp. I don't know. Um, but I do know that if you win conference ball games, and if this team finishes above 500 in conference play, they're going to go to the NCAA tournament. I'm, I'm pretty certain of that. Um, if you finish 500, you, you better go to the conference tournament and win a game or two. Um, but, you know, beat Auburn. I, I think that's the first order of business. You've got to protect your home floor. Uh, I think it's going to be hard for anybody in this league to get a road win this year. When I look mm-hmm. at the conference, it's, uh, you know, who knows? They may turn around Saturday and all the road teams may win. I don't know. But just based on what we've seen, I think it's going to be hard to get road wins again. So you better protect your home floor when you have the chance. We're talking with Chuck Barrett here. Your drive home is powered by Mr. Sparky here on Ruskin and Zach. Uh, I watched a little bit of Auburn the other night. Um, as you've uh, gotten ready for this uh, SEC journey that this team is going to go on here, who, what teams right now anyway uh, stand out to you? Well, Tennessee and Kentucky are really good. Um, you know, Ole Miss is unbeaten. But they've – I'm not going to say they haven't played anybody, but they've not played as difficult a schedule as some of them have. Um, We'll find out a lot more about them Saturday. They play at Tennessee on Saturday. We'll find out a lot more about both those teams. Um, Auburn's the other ranked team right now, and they're in here Saturday. Um, The the thing that – you know, there's there's a few things that stand out. Everybody's got a good record with the exception of maybe Vanderbilt. Um, you know, Georgia's 10-3, and three, Florida's 10-3, and three, Arkansas has got to go to both those places next week. Uh, and then they come back and they play A&M. A&M's 9-4 and four right now. Bama's 8-5, and five, but, you know, it's, it's, it, it's hard to imagine they're going to sputter all year. Um, but, you know, Arkansas at 9-4, and four, when you look at what's happened, it's hard to imagine they're going to sputter all year too. Um, everybody's got a new lease on life now, and Arkansas has played well the last couple of games, particularly the last three halves. And um, now they've got to defend better. But offensively, I, th- I think this team can score points. Yeah, no, I, I think that there is uh, – they definitely have that. And uh, they've got – again, it, it's a different – if you if you didn't watch um, – because I don't know, you know, people coming and going. I don't know how many people got to actually watch this um, this Wilmington game. Uh, but I did, and it was it, it looked differently than it's looked the rest of the uh, in the previous games. So uh, it's something that's 
Going to be fascinating as the as the competition ramps up here. And I know Musk was talking too uh, in his press conference about you know the SEC experience, which uh, you know when you bring in a bunch of transfers, you're it's going to take a minute to uh, to get acclimated to how how rough this league is, how much of a grind it is. Well, and, you know, there's a little bit of a rivalry here between Arkansas and Auburn. I mean, you remember two years ago when Arkansas beat them and rushed the floor and Devo kind of hung on the rim. And if <laughs> yeah. all those people hadn't been out there on the floor, there would have been a fight. <laughs> and um, I can tell you from being down there last year, that was remembered. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's – I guarantee you Devo and Mitchell and anybody that was here last year remembers what it was like down there last year. So I think there's a little bit of a rivalry there. I think it'll be a physical game. I think it'll be a battle. Um, But it should be. I mean, it's a conference game. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And and we'll, have, of course, have it here. And then I believe Matt Jones and myself have the uh, post game on that day here for a little hog reaction following the game here on ESPN. A couple of legends right there after the game. One legend and – Legend and a half. One legend, legend and, and one gas bag is, a, oh, I guess, yeah. how we could put it there. At least you got one legend. That's right. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's pretty good. So, uh, anyway, so that'll be uh, coming up Saturday uh, there uh, with uh, Arkansas and Auburn. Um, what did you think of the uh, of the playoff games and, and what happened, you know, with, with those games? And then, of course, uh, what Georgia did to Florida State in the Orange Bowl, uh, all of the, the, the big the New Year's Six Bowl games this past weekend. Well, the playoff games were so good on Monday that I think it kind of made everybody forget for a little while that the rest of the bowls were kind of duds, you know, with a few exceptions here and there. Um, New Year's Day was a pretty good day. The Tampa Bowl was good. The Reliquest Bowl was good. Um, Enjoyed watching that. Tennessee kind of blew out Iowa. But, you know, watching Iowa's inept offense, I mean, it's it's – you just can't help but watch the futility sometimes. At least I can. It's it's like I watch them and it's like I can't look away because it's just <laughs> so bad. Um, but at any rate, um, you know, Michigan, you could tell early in the game, I mean early in the game, that Alabama was going to have trouble. Um, some of the things that had plagued Alabama early plagued them again. I mean – you know, they've played a freshman tackle all year, and they've kind of gotten away with it. And they didn't get away with it much on Monday night. And, you know, whatever they were doing um, had that center scared to death because I think huh. they had 18 bad snaps over the course of the night, including one on their final play that seemed to wreck the entire play. Um, I, I just thought that, you know, Michigan whipped them at the line of scrimmage. Now, I don't know what's going to happen on Monday night, but I'm going to tell you, I came out of that Washington-Texas game wishing I'd watched Michael Penix Jr. play a little bit more. Um, Man, that guy's, uh, you know, he's a showman. Now, I don't know what it's going to be like against Michigan. They're they're a lot tougher defensively than Texas. But, man, he looked like the guy that should have won the Heisman on Saturday or Monday night to me. Yeah, I thought I thought he should have been the the Heisman Trophy winner also. Uh, I I did get to watch him a couple times, and you're you're just like – and then – the, the the play that I remember about him was the and I think they played it during the game was that fourth down in the Apple Cup game against Washington State where they run they ran this like trick play on fourth and one and got like thirty yards it was just it was an incredible call and execution and all that stuff but the thing I, I, about that game Chuck I, I I remember saying out loud I'm like Washington's speed is like faster than Texas which kind of like their receivers are good. Pe- people think, well, it's Texas and the Pac-12. I mean, they can't keep up with a with a school like Texas or or whatever. But 
not only did they keep up, they 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 won the game and they were they were fast with those guys. So that was that was something that jumped off the screen to me. And I wonder about you know the big, the brute strength of Michigan versus this team that is uh, some just incredibly uh, talented and and fast uh, um, players on offense. It's it's like it's kind of like a throwback kind of contrast in style kind of game a little bit coming up Monday night. Well, you better be able to tackle them in space because that's the thing they can do with those receivers. They can they can throw, you know, they can throw a little bubble screen or a, a hitch or whatever, and, you know, they make you tackle in space. And if you can't do it, it's off to the races. And then by the same token, uh, they all have the speed to go deep, or at least a couple of them do. And, I mean, that one guy can just, I mean, contorted his body in ways you just don't see guys contorted on the run very often. He made a couple of catches that were just unbelievable. And... It's going to be a real challenge for Michigan. You know, just after watching those two games. Um, now, look, if, if Michigan whips Washington at the line of scrimmage the way they did Alabama, they'll win the game. But, I mean, Washington's offensive line won the Joe Moore Award. You know, they're right. the outstanding offensive line in America. And, I, you know, their coach is a guy that most of us have never heard of, Kalen DeBoer. And he's really come up through the ranks. I mean, he was an NAIA coach. And, um, you know, at one point, his teams went like 67-3 and three and won multiple national championships. And then he, you know, he decides he's going to go D1, and he becomes the offensive coordinator at Southern Illinois and just kind of worked his way up. And But this, this guy's um, – he's the real deal. That's a real football team. And a lot of those teams that come out of the Pac-12 um, – they're suspect at the line of scrimmage. I mean, we've just seen it. They are. This team's the real deal. I mean, they. Um, um, you know, if I had to, pick, you know, if I had to pick somebody, and I've not watched either one of them play all year long. I watched them play this weekend and a couple of other times during the year. But man, I Washington's going to be awfully hard to beat. So another thing that people have uh, have been talking about a lot is uh, it seems like everybody is trying to figure out a remedy to uh, you know all of the uh, the situation okay. with the rosters and all that stuff. But but there's not one. Well, ex- well, here's here's the here's the point uh, is um, a the uh, you know the the buildings, the arenas, or, or the the stadiums they're all selling a ton of tickets and the TV ratings are are through the roof. Uh, I know no one's technically in charge of this, but the uh, the people who kind of sort of guide this sport why would they change anything it seems like the sport's never been more popular than it is right now well i don't know we're going to see moving forward how popular it is outside of the 12 teams that make the playoff you know one of the things that's happened to college basketball is that there is so much focus on march that regular season games are diminished and you just look at the television viewership um you know, March is off the charts, but the other months are not off the charts. Now, there are some games that draw good numbers, but by and large, it's not anywhere close to, for example, what, what, what football is. And I'm not saying it should be, but I am saying that there's so much emphasis on March that sometimes the other stuff's diminished. I wonder, with college football now, uh, the diminished attendance at bowl games, um, the players not playing. You have no earthly idea what your team's going to look like going out there. Um, it's nothing more than an exhibition, although people, your fans and your boosters, expect you to win every game. 
Um, and if you lose, it's because you got out coached. Um, so, um, you know, to me, and, and I don't pretend to know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is. My gut tells me there's not one. Um, but it would seem as though that if you did, if you did away with this early signing period, that that might help a little bit. Um, but changing the portal dates is not going to keep players from leaving. It's, 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 it's just not, you, you might save a bowl game or two, but it's not going to keep players from leaving. I mean, look at Judkins for Ole Miss. Yeah. He announces today that he's gone and, you know, he had a great year, and he's putting himself out for the highest bidder right now. He's got one year left, and, and, and he's going to get paid. And um, that's what a lot of them are doing. And I can't really say that I blame them because that's the way the system's set up. So uh, I'm not optimistic, and I hate to say that. I, I, I love college football, and I, I, um, um, I don't think everything that's happening now is bad. But – What's going to happen beyond the 12 teams? Because I'm going to tell you, if these, if you start doing away with these bowl games or you start making teams go 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four to get into a, a bowl game, there's going to be a lot of schools that go a long, long time without ever watching their team play more than 12 games. Um, and that's just the cold, hard facts of the situation. If these small bowl games die – and all the emphasis, and look, there's every reason to believe they're going to, based on what we saw this year. And all of the emphasis is placed on the 12 teams. There's going to be a lot of disappointed fan bases every single year. Uh, there's not going to be a bowl game to go to. There's going to be nothing to lift your spirits. Um, I, I just wonder. I mean, to me, I think over the next five, ten years, we're going to find out just how popular college football is outside of the championship contenders because up until the playoff on monday if we're honest there weren't many bowl games that were worth watching Mm. there weren't a lot of people in the stands and players leaving even though they've been getting paid all year it's going to come a point where fans feel like they're getting ripped off and on these bowl games outside of the playoff they kind of are so um that's a long answer but I think that um, I think we're about to find out. I'll just put it that way. But I agree with you. The playoff, the playoff, is um, more that concept's more popular than it's ever been. Right. So I'm trying to think through my head here how this is going to go next year. We're going to have a weekend in December where we have the um, the four games, and then we're going to have um, a couple more games, and then like it's. Semifinals, I guess, on New Year's and then the uh, the championship uh, after that. But it's going to be there's going to be two week or a couple of weekends in December that we're not used to going. Hey, these are some important games, and for some of these schools, those are going to be home games for those playoff yeah, teams. It's going to be different. I, I don't I don't I don't know exactly what the four. You know, I I haven't looked at what the dates are going to be. I'll just put it that way. And how they're going to configure all the bowls and everything into it. I'm sure they've got the plan. I'm sure I just missed it. Um, I'm not sure exactly how all that's going to work. But, yeah, we're going to have December football. There's, there's no way around that. And, you know, it, it's um, – college football has been, um, you know, over the years, one of the things about it, it's it's it, it's been strong regionally. Now, it's always been strongest in the South in terms of devotion. Um, but in these Big Ten markets, major markets, Pac-12 markets, major markets – 
the NFL is going to be going, and you're going to be moving toward the playoffs. And so there's going to be football everywhere, and there's going to be a lot to choose from. So there's the assumption that this is going to be a ratings bonanza, and it will be for a while. But we're just going to have to see if they're able to sustain it. Um, I think they will, but I don't think it's going to be without challenges. Um, um, you know, they they are still competing for eyeballs, and it is entertainment. And you better have good games. And uh, I mean, all of them better be good. And I, you know, I came out of this bowl season thinking, you know, would Liberty or SMU be in the playoff next year? Mm. You know, yeah. would a Liberty, you know, would an SMU team that lost to Boston College by double digits be in the playoff would a liberty team that got smoked by oregon would that team be in the playoff i guess one of them would yeah so um i don't think it's going to be without challenge and it's not foolproof and it won't be perfect but um it's what people want right now there's no doubt about that yeah and um they don't ask me for advice, but don't put the semifinals on New Year's Eve anymore. It's a, it's just, a, it's a terrible. I, I know it worked out that one time where Georgia won the game right as the ball dropped at midnight Eastern, but generally, I don't think people, uh, I don't think those games, hey, those games weren't usually aren't very good, and people are doing stuff on New Year's. They're not sitting around watching football games. Well, generally. some of it's the way the calendar falls. Um, you know, some of it is, uh, you know, some of it will always be dictated by that. I think whenever possible, they should play them on New Year's Day. I'm of the opinion, just for the record, I don't always agree with everything Kirk Herbstreet says. I think the national championship game should be in the Rose Bowl every year. Yeah. I think it's where it should be played every year. Forget this jumping around to NFL stadiums that guys don't ever play in. Um, you know, the bucket list, you know, when you talk about, I mean, Pasadena, the Rose Bowl, I mean, who doesn't watch that game and think, man, that's about as good as college football gets right there. Uh, I sure thought it watching that game the other day. Um, I think that's where they ought to play it every year. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think a lot of, if they did that, I don't think there would be a lot of, uh, objection for people. It is a, uh. They it's, won't, it, but I think they should. It's our sports Augusta National, isn't it? I mean, it kind of is. You know, it's it, it's it's just when I think of I when I think of pristine playing surfaces, I think of Augusta National and the field at the Rose Bowl. That's just what I think of. You know. Well, and the thing about that venue is, you can still sell all the tickets you want to sell. Yeah. I mean, uh, seating's not an issue. It's not like you're. Uh, it's not like you're gonna you know have to reduce the number of tickets that you sell. I don't know about the suites and all that stuff. I have no idea how that works, but. Um, if there was ever one stadium that defines bowl season, um, I think it's that one. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.